So we've been doing a series on living and learning to put things in focus. Uh, There's been several topics that we've been talking about over the last little while that are often taught at churches, and these things are out-of-focus teachings, oftentimes at churches, and it's our goal to get the idea from Scripture, it's our goal to dig into Scripture, figure out what it actually says versus what others say about it. Uh, We want to know what the Bible says about it so that we can get things a little bit in focus. So a couple things that we have done. At this point, we've talked about healing as one of those teachings. Healing. And sometimes churches get ultra-focused on these things, and that's all they want to talk about. Uh, We acknowledge God talks about those things. But we want to look at everything in the context of Scripture and get our focus back to where we need to be. We've also talked about money and the prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel, okay? That's something that often gets out of focus. A big focus on money. Churches often do that. And another thing that we talked about last week, we talked about blessings. And everybody loves blessings, right? Everybody wants to have their life full of blessings. It's a wonderful thing, uh, but oftentimes we we get off track and blessings become the only thing we're kind of living on easy street, right? We live on easy street. Uh, That's not oftentimes what happens in real life. A lot of times these teachings just aren't quite Uh, fully in focus. And so the idea is to get things in focus. So uh, just last night, we'd been working, of course, to finish all of our things for our Mother's Day preparation. We have a little party. And uh, Amy went upstairs to check on the kids. The kids were supposed to be in bed. And they were supposed to have cleaned their rooms. You know how well that goes. Uh, But it was late, and all of a sudden, I think maybe Amy got halfway there, and I heard louder and louder screaming between two children, screaming and screaming louder and louder and louder. And in case you haven't noticed, Olsons have large voices at times. I was all the way across the house on a different floor, and I could hear what was going on, two siblings were at each other. And mom went in and could not get their attention because they were fighting between the two of them. And they screamed louder and louder, and mom tried to get their attention a little more. And of course, they don't care because they're trying to get their opinion across regardless. And so they screamed louder. And eventually mom had to get their attention one way or another. Finally, they wouldn't stop, wouldn't stop, wouldn't stop, and mom really got their attention. Over all of this screaming back and forth and back and forth, there was a sock. A sock. That's what they were screaming about, was a sock. Now... 
Let's just say that's unreasonable, okay? <laughs> it all boiled down to a sock because the sock got placed on somebody's bed, but it didn't belong to somebody, and they should, back and forth they went about this whole sock. And in their opinion, they had to make sure they let the other person know how wrong it was that this sock was placed in their uh, on their bed, and the other one, back and forth and back and forth they went, and it was just unreasonable. The level of screaming was disproportionate to a sock, okay? And just to let you know, it was a single sock. It had no mate. <laughs> the mate was long gone, long forgotten. There was no matching sock left. No one had seen the other sock for months and months and months. And so their screaming went on and on and on. And so mom, in a very calm way, took the sock, put it in the garbage. It's done. It's all done, right? We didn't need to have a great big scream fest over a single sock. That's disproportionate. And oftentimes, we take something very simple and make a disproportionate amount of something out of something that should be much more simple. It happens in our life. And mom, good job, mom, simply placed the sock in the garbage can, and it was over. Hooray, good job, mom. <laughs> It seems like there's oftentimes a much simpler approach that we can have to things rather than building up a big disproportionate frenzy over things. So this is something that many churches often do and they, what they call majoring on the minors, right? They pick some little thing out, whether it's obscure or not, and they try to build it into something huge. And really, if you look at it in the context of Scripture, which is what we are doing, put it in perspective, get it back in focus, then these things oftentimes get us back to reality. What did God say about it? Right? Is this just a sock that we can deal with very easily? Something simple. Let's put this all into perspective. Right? So here's one thing. Then oftentimes, and like I said, we've talked about healing in the past, a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago. Talked about money and the prosperity gospel. We've talked about blessings and being on easy street. Well, today we are going to talk about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. And so it is our habit, which is the right habit to have. Let's go to scripture. Let's look at it. Let's see what it says before we make any big judgments and there's any uh, overwhelming uh, response to that. So let's take a look. We're going to begin in Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2, verses 1 through 8 we're going to look at. And let's read what happened on the first day of Pentecost as we begin to look at this uh, this thing of tongues. What is tongues? Speaking in tongues. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Okay, the, the scripture goes on. You can read for the next several verses specific languages they spoke. But here's one thing we want to get straight to from the beginning. On the day of Pentecost, when it says they were speaking in tongues, they were speaking in foreign languages. On that day, they were speaking in foreign languages. And it specifically calls out the regions of the language, the countries of the languages. You can go down through there and read them all. And you can uh, study that and look at that and see exactly what it is. But on that day, there was a need. And the need was this. The people who lived in Jerusalem, the people who had followed Jesus, had watched him, had walked with him, had watched him die, and then saw him after his resurrection. And per Christ's instruction, waited. Waited in the upper room. They waited. They prayed and they waited. And when you pray and you wait on God... Amazing things happen. That doesn't matter what time of life you're in or where you are or what's going on. If you listen for God and you pray to God, he shows up. Sometimes it's a while and you do have to wait. But if you do, he shows up. And the Holy Spirit showed up in great force, big wind, fire, tongues of fire on their head. Uh, and... He anointed them to do a job. That's what's important about that day. The Holy Ghost comes in, and this is what is really important about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very organized, very powerful. He understands the needs, and he provides for the needs. And so that day, there were people in that crowd that had been listening and talking and looking and watching these things. And that day, they needed to hear about Christ. They didn't necessarily speak the language that they were speaking uh, amongst that smaller group. And so the Holy Ghost says, no big deal. Boom, I'll make it so you can speak those things. And so he speaks to all of these foreigners. Each of these people begin to speak. Yesterday I couldn't speak French, and today I speak French, right? But this is the Holy Spirit giving them a tool which they need for their purpose. Again, they are there, and they are anointed to do a job. Anointed 
to do a job. And that's one thing that's really important as we look at any of the gifts of the Spirit. He comes in and gives them that. On that day, it was very simple as, here's what we're going to do. We have a need. These people need to hear about it. So we're going to let you speak in their language. Remember, way back when, at the Tower of Babel, all people spoke the same language. They all came from Adam and Eve, right? So they all spoke the same language. But then God one day said, I'm going to confound them. And he splits up and creates families of languages, which still exist this day. The families can be traced back to several roots, right? And those languages are created by God. God knew exactly what he was doing. It was all very organized. And they got up one day and couldn't speak each other's languages and got frustrated and walked away from each other, which was God's intent to throttle back sin. Because these people were super intelligent people. And he says, if, you, if we let them stay and focus on this, they're just doing the wrong thing and they're going to destroy this place quickly. So we're going to confound them and going to send them off into other groups. Same God that day comes and says, well, well, we'll teach these guys how to speak language. In fact, they'll do it when I come in with the Holy Ghost. You got it. All of a sudden you do it and you understand it. That's not a hard barrier for God. Not a difficult barrier. All right. So very clearly here it is. They're speaking different languages. Known languages of the world. Lays them out right there. Now let's, let's keep going. Acts chapter number 10. <clears throat> Acts chapter 10. We look at a specific time when it mentions tongues next. And we need to know that there's a man called Cornelius. Cornelius is someone that is part of the Roman army. He is a centurion, okay? And he specifically is part of something called the Italian band. Calls them that, the Italian band. So these are uh, some tough guys. Some of the guys that hung out with him uh, were centurions, no doubt, and they had a reputation. But again, they spoke a different language. So let's see what happens with them. Uh, chapter number 10, verse number 44. Again, this is after they've been conversing with Cornelius, uh, part of the Italian band. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they... And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should, uh, that should not be baptized, which received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Okay. So there it is on that day. And this group of people, it's the Holy Spirit, and they, it says, are speaking in tongues. Now what 
is significant about this? What's significant about this? We don't know exactly the language they spoke, not like back a few chapters ago. Uh, we just know that they said, hey, this is a manifestation of the Spirit. We've seen this. We've seen these people speak in tongues. But what's really interesting to the Jewish people is these aren't Jewish people. These people are Gentiles. And that's where they're crossing over their understanding in their mind. God is beginning to use uh, other people. And forever, the Jewish people were the standard. They were God's chosen people. If you want to know God, you go to them. They're the ones. If you want to know about God, you go to them. All right? There were people in the Jewish history that left other nations and other beliefs and walked into uh, the Jewish religion and became a part of them. People like Ruth or like Rahab, right? They become a part, an important part. But today, what's happening with Cornelius and this band is that they're starting to see God is working in Gentiles and Jews. Because, again, God has a purpose. God's purpose, as we see, God brings the Holy Spirit on all of these people. He's bringing the Holy Spirit, His presence, on all of these people, regardless of Jews or Gentiles. It is more about faith. Okay? And God is moving, is moving, is moving. So the Jewish nation is now uh, spreading and spawning out. And God's saying, okay, I'm, I'm picking anybody out here. When the church comes, it comes from Jerusalem and it spreads out. And it spreads the whole world over. Because God has a plan. Understand this. God is not a God of confusion, right? He is a God with a great plan, great organization. He is organized enough to create an entire universe and make it all work. He can be organized enough to have a plan to spread his gospel across the, the known world, okay? And so he does. That is why tongues become a part of this. Right? So he uses it for a purpose. Each time he uses it for a purpose when they're speaking in tongues. Okay. Now let's continue on. Acts number 19. Acts 19. Acts 19, verse 5. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for a space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when diverse were hardened... Or when the diverse were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, 
disputing daily in the school one of Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years. So all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And so we begin to see God uses miracles. He uses gifts of the Holy Spirit. He brings on his spirit. And one of the things he does is uses the tongues, okay? Uses speaking in tongues as a way to spread his gospel. And why is he speaking in tongues? Well, he's got a purpose here. And in two years, the entire population of Asia has heard about Christ. So his purpose is very focused. Again, his purpose is focused. So everything we see always is with a purpose. So he begins with small groups, people in other uh, groups like the Gentiles, and then whole nations and whole regions like Asia begin to come to him. So his focus, again, is accomplishing something. Now, oftentimes, speaking in tongues has been uh, used as something else in some churches. Okay, And what is that something else? Well, we're going to keep looking, we're going to keep seeing, is there something else? Is there some other language that God speaks in? Okay, let's keep looking. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So we've established very much that God can, is the master of all languages, right? He created them all. He can do anything he wants with it. He has created all those languages to begin with, and he can create anything he wants, okay? But we've also established very much so that God only does everything with a purpose. He has a plan, he has a purpose, and his purpose here on earth is to spread the gospel, particularly at the beginning of the church and all the way up through. That is why we're here, is to tell everybody about Christ. All right? So, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, and another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. So here is what we call a list of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So there is a gift of tongues. But you'll notice that there's a lot of other gifts in that list. There's a lot of other gifts. Discerning spirits and prophecy and faith and healing and words of wisdom. Our spiritual gift. Words of knowledge are a spiritual gift. Okay? Interpretation is a spiritual gift. Prophecy is a spiritual gift. Those things are gifts that the Holy Spirit comes in and says, we are going to accomplish my, uh, my purpose. 
And I'm going to give you gifts to be able to do that. I'm going to give you gifts. And it says some people get some gifts. Some people get a few gifts. Some people get a lot of gifts. And some people won't get one gift. And you can't say, well, God, I, I wanted the other gift. You don't get to say that. God gives you as he wants to give to you, and he gives you what he's going to give to you, and then it is your job to be a part of his purpose. How are you going to be a part of his purpose? All right? So how do we use these gifts to tell the story of Christ? How do we spread these gifts to, or to use them to spread the gospel? All right, let's keep going and let's see. Because oftentimes people have taken this, and this is, this is the danger in this. You can see this and you could say, well, God gave me a special language. All right, and can God create a special language? Sure, he can create anything he wants to. Can God make me speak in such a way that people don't necessarily understand it? And I'm the only one that understands it. God is all-powerful, and he can do what he wants to do. But does this work towards his purpose? And that's where we need to understand and keep that in focus. Does the gift that we're using keep towards God's focus? What is it? He has a purpose of spreading the gospel. And if we are out of that purpose and we do it for any other reason, then we ought to make sure we're checking ourselves. Okay? Ought to make sure. So let's see what is the greatest reason. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. A couple more chapters in. Chapter 14. 1 Corinthians. Paul is going to explain tongues. Speaking in tongues here. Verse number 1. Follow after charity. And desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. So apparently there is an unknown tongue. There is something out there that God can speak to you directly in such a way that others may not understand it. And if God has that, and God does that with you, then make sure that what you are doing is the very first part of that first verse. Follow after charity. What are you doing? Is it in love that we're doing this, or is there another purpose behind it? Some people can use any gift for pride. And I have seen and have myself had to check myself to say, what am I doing this for? Do I want to be seen? Is this what I do to be seen? Do I like this? Because I struggle with pride myself. So any gift you have, you could say, well, I'm doing this for God. Are you really? Double check. Or are we doing this out of love and kindness? Verse number 3. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesied, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret. 
that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. Even and even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped and harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise you except shall utter by tongue words easy to understand. How shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. There are that it may be so kinds of voices in the world, and none of them which without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek ye that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. So here is Paul's thing. He says, you can stand up in church. And there are many churches uh, who have people that claim that speaking in tongues is the gift you want. It is the end all that bees all, that is all. All right. Speaking in tongues, according to Paul, is not the most important gift. Because the most important thing is making sure that as you sit out in the audience that you understand something, right? If someone stands up here and says a bunch of things that mean nothing to you, I could stand up here and speak in French and maybe only some of you would understand it, right? And maybe some of you wouldn't. You'd have to dust off the old high school book, right? And try to figure out the words and that's not helpful. What is helpful is understanding, and that's why we come here. That's why the church, one of the reasons the church exists is to come to teach, to come to help people understand. And so to say that the gift of tongues, that I can speak some special language with God, Paul says, keep that to yourself unless if you have an interpretation of it. If you have and know what it is, keep that to yourself. He says, because otherwise, are you building up the church or not? All right? Are you building up the church? In fact, Paul later says in that chapter, verse 18 and 19, he says, if I had five words that I could say that you would understand, it'd be better than 10,000 words you didn't understand. What was the point? He says, I'd rather you, I say something and you understand it. I'd rather you speak prophecy. I'd rather you... Do something to build the church and to edify the people in front of you. We don't need things made more complicated. We need things in a simpler form. That's why we come to learn and teach and dig into the word to find out what God really wants us to do. So if we focus on tongues as something to say, well, if you, if you speak tongues, you have really arrived. And that's the real question. It comes down to this. If speaking in tongues is saying I've arrived, arrived where? Right? Then maybe, maybe pride is just wrapped up a little bit in there. 
You see, God continues to work in our lives. And this is something that's important to understand about the Holy Spirit. You can't ever say, I really got there. I am set. I am so spiritual today that I've reached the pinnacle. Anybody feeling like that today? No. Nope, not me. <laughs> not me. And if you do feel like that when you walk home and you realize uh, everything's just sort of normal life again, it all kind of wipes away, right? You have to be aware that God continually works in our life. The Holy Spirit comes in you and works in you, and he may fill you with a gift, and you may have a wonderful experience, but watch it after you've reached that mountaintop because it's downhill from there, right? And that's where we stumble. When we get to the top, oftentimes we stumble. And God is saying, I can fill you up many, many ways. Don't think you've reached the top once you've got one gift. All right? doesn't matter what gift it is, whether it's speaking in tongues or not. God can fill you and fill you and fill you again. You can take a glass of water and you can fill it to the top. And you can say it's full of water. Right? But if it's in a dark room and you take it outside, all of a sudden you can fill it with light. Right? The sunshine shines through it and it's filled with light. And it's filled with water still. And you could take a drop of coloring and drop it into there and it turns a color. And so the Holy Spirit is like that. He continually can work in you and fill you and fill you and fill you. And fill you until you, could, you grow and grow and grow. And that's part of this life, is to grow and understand and see more. The same thing with a room. You could fill it with light. You could fill it with music. You could fill it with air. And you could continue to fill and fill and fill. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He fills you with the gifts. Right? And so you're filled and filled and filled again. And so God does great things with you. So when we start to say, well, something, any gift, such as speaking in tongues, becomes the, the, the important part to say, oh, I've reached it. And there are churches out there who say, I speak in tongues, and so now you know the Holy Spirit is with me. Just be aware. Be aware. Is that a loving thing? Is that a kind thing? So should we say, no, we can't have anything here like that? No, because we're not going to stop God, Right? We're not going to stop God. We're going to say, don't seek for it. Don't clamor after that to say, that's the one i got to get. And if I had that gift, I'd be so much better. Don't seek for it. But don't say you can't have that here either. Let God do his work. Let him show his purpose and do good things through it. And if it doesn't edify the church, if it doesn't build us up, if it doesn't teach us something, uh, then put that in your mind and say, eh, that one didn't really do much for us, so uh, let's keep digging and looking for God, right? Don't seek after something that you think is a super spiritual thing. Just look for God. Just keep digging and finding God and relationship with Him. Oftentimes, this is where we look and we say, 
we're going to major in the minor things. Just don't major in the minors, right? Don't look for a, don't have a big fight over a sock. And it's just simple, right? Just, yep, there it is. Sure is. It's easy to deal with, right? And so don't make something major out of something that really isn't. It's wonderful. Every gift of the Holy Spirit. But use them in love. Learn. Teach from them. And help accomplish God's purpose in love. And that's the way God says it. Keep it all in perspective. Keep it in perspective. Keep it in focus. And make sure we're doing what God says to do. And make sure we have an idea that God can do anything. And how does he choose to do it? Let him work. And make sure we're doing things in love with the right motives behind it. Thank you very much. Have a good day.